You may or may not know that this is my first season of Advent here at Holy Family. I started just before Holy Week as rector. And so, particularly this morning, I'm fascinated to see what are the decorations as they're beginning to be revealed for the season, the uh, partial crèche scene, partial because Jesus has not yet arrived, very appropriately. The different colored vestments, things like that. All this is new to me. And it's fascinating, fascinating to me to see what are the traditions, what are the decorations. I think back to my childhood and how I loved the tasks around decorating our home. That one of the jobs that I actually looked forward to was untangling the Christmas lights. As you may guess, I was the youngest of the children. So it befell me to pull out the Christmas lights out of the box and they were, no matter how well we put them away, always in a jumble and untangling them and then plugging them into the wall socket and seeing whether they still worked or not. Now, this was not a sure thing because these Christmas lights came from my grandparents when they had upgraded their lights, goodness knows how many years before. When I think back on them, I'm almost horrified because <laughs> these had actually had cloth insulation. They had the great big bulbs that heated up almost immediately. They were as unsafe as you can imagine. And when I look at old, old movies, I realize they probably were from right after World War II. They were probably like late 1940s Christmas lights. And so as I got a little bit older and became aware of that, there's now this sort of thrill of plugging them into the wall and seeing whether they're going to explode or not. So I've always had this thrill about getting out the Christmas decorations. But now it's shifting. Now that I'm at the age I have reached and my children are all adults and we're going through the generations and all that, now comes the hard part of Christmas decorating. This is a warning to those of you who have not yet experienced it or perhaps a trigger warning for those who have and that is when you have too much stuff. Too many Christmas decorations. We have them from a couple different households. We have the decorations that we bought the children when they were young, and we were sure they treasured them forever and take them when they moved. No, they're still in the basement. <laughs> but they're so beautiful, and they're what they made in kindergarten, so how can we not put it on the tree? We have Christmas decorations that we bought on various travels. Just, just a single ornament to remind us of a trip. Now that we're at the age we are, there are a lot of trips we took. There are a lot of ornaments. We even have, because of the technological advances, different eras of Christmas lights. The, the 1940s ones are long gone, but we have traditional bulbs, we have LEDs, we have these sort of fluorescent things that came in between. We have big bulbs, small bulbs, LED, all this stuff. So part of what we have to decide, probably this afternoon, is what are we going to take out of the basement and decorate with? And what will stay behind? And fortunately, Kathy and I have a very flexible view of these things so that we seldom fight about it. I don't, in fact, I don't think we ever have. You can ask her at coffee hour, see if I need a correction on this. But, you know, some years we get out everything. 
Some years we get out just enough for the tree in the manger scene. Some years we go all out, some years it's very small. It just depends on what's going on the rest of life, whether there's a remodeling project happening, how many people are coming from out of town, all those different things. And I think of all this when I think of the church season of Advent. Because for at least a thousand years, Christians have been sort of trying to figure out what to pull out of the basement and what to leave behind when it comes to Advent. We've been trying to figure out what's the best way to observe it this year, though usually it's this decade or this century. But it's that reminder that we as Christians, as individual Christians, are called to observe Advent in whatever way God is calling us to do it this year. What are the prayers that are going to be meaningful? What are the spiritual practices? What Bible readings are important? And I think of all this because this morning we have a gospel reading that's almost identical to the gospel reading we had two weeks ago. And if you were here two weeks ago, you heard a marvelous sermon by Kathy Gray. You can catch it again on YouTube. If I'd known the TVs were going to be working, we may have seen an excerpt this morning. But I just found out this morning they were up and running. You're probably happy. I didn't know. But two weeks ago, we heard Matthew's version of these words from Jesus about the end of the times. And today we heard Luke's version. Luke's version is probably a little bit more recent. I mean, we're talking a matter of single-digit years. It's not like it's 100 years or something. But it's just enough time that has passed that there's a different perspective already by Christians about what is the meaning of the words that Jesus was sharing about trials and tribulations. And for Matthew, two weeks ago, it really was about the end of the world. But for Luke, this morning, it's something almost completely different. It's much more about what's happening in our lives today, whether today is 2018 or the year 62. Whatever it is that's happening today is what Luke's talking about. And what's interesting here is that Luke wrote down the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote the Book of Acts, the book in the Bible that comes right after the Gospel of John. It'd be easier to figure out if we had stuck those two together uh, some hundreds of years ago when folks decide the order of the Bible books, but we didn't do that. So skip, read Luke, skip over John, and read Acts, and you have the complete narration of what that author had in mind, what that author was discerning the Holy Spirit was sharing. And so what happens is that Luke takes the words of Jesus similar to what was in Matthew and Mark, and applies them in the book of Acts and shows that they're all fulfilled. In other words, we're looking backwards at a prophecy that's already been fulfilled, completely different from Matthew, where, we're to be called, where we were to look forward to the end of time. Because what Luke saw, what Luke saw was just a few more years of perspective, was that all this stuff had happened. All these trials and tribulations had already happened at the hands of the Romans. Because what had happened in the decades after the death and resurrection of Jesus was that the Romans, who were bad enough in the time of Jesus, they crucified Jesus, 
got even rougher with the Jewish people to the point where the Romans completely destroyed Jerusalem, burned it to the ground, burned it so the stones would crack, so it could not be rebuilt. They massacred gazillions of people. They destroyed every major Jewish settlement. They actually, this is when all the Jewish people were pushed out of what we now call the Holy Land. Terrible times. And Luke can see how Jesus was predicting that rather than the end of the whole wide world. It was the end of the world as Jesus' followers knew it, but it was not the end of everything. It was not the end of every human life, and it was not the end of sharing God's love. So what Luke's Gospel and the book of Acts becomes is a story of how we are called to live in our times whenever our times unfold. 2018, first century, second century, 3018. That the Gospel of Luke is about how do we share God's love now. The book of Acts are stories of how people tried to implement that as best they could. And so, in this Advent, the decorations we have to choose from, we can choose from all the different Advent meanings, all the different Advent prayers, all the different Advent traditions of our household, of our parish, of our church. But here this morning, Luke is especially asking us to look at the decorations, at the practices, at the prayers, at the meanings that get us grounded in this year, in 2018. Luke asks us to look at how can we share the love of God in our individual lives. Luke asks us to look at how can we make the world a better place. Luke asks us to embody the love of God that was revealed in Jesus Christ. It's a different connotation. It's a different set of symbols. It's a different way of seeing our personal way of being a Christian than Matthew or Mark or John talk about. Not in contrast, but just a little different. And so we have in this, in this different way of seeing things, a wonderful opportunity to leave in the basement the things that don't quite work this year for us and may not have anything to do with Luke, may not have anything to do with the gospel. Instead, it has to do with looking at where we are as individuals right now. What will be helpful to us? What will make us better people? What will make us better Christians? And that is what we are called to lift up and embrace and live out. One of the beauties about being an Episcopalian is that we expect each person to decide that for him or herself, young or old. And so you also have a little bit of pressure because each of us has to listen to God. Each of us has to listen to how it is we are called, just me, myself, to live and to see how that ties in with the people around us. It's actually pretty fun once you get used to it, but it's a little disconcerting when we first realize the responsibility as well as the opportunity that that presents. So this is the time, this is the day, this is the beginning of the church year when we get to take our first steps as Christians in 
December of 2018, and we get to discern, we get to figure out how it is God wants us to be Christians in December of 2018. Maybe leaving behind what we did a year ago. Maybe leaving behind what was done a thousand years ago. Maybe doing something that will never be done again. But by listening to God, it will be the perfect thing. It will be perhaps a new thing, perhaps an old thing. Perhaps something we've done every year. Perhaps something we've never done before. Perhaps a way of seeing the world that is familiar and comfortable. Perhaps a way of seeing the world that seems almost outrageously different. But that's the beauty of Advent. It's a new year, the beginning of the church year. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. And Luke encourages us to be rooted in today, to be rooted in our lives today, to be rooted in the world today, because this is where the kingdom of God exists. This is where we're part of heaven already. This is where the love of God needs to be lived out. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.